Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. And today we have on our show uh, Paul Safran, who is the CEO of Van Oker, a very interesting company. Um, and I'll let Paul tell you more about it, but we're excited to have him today. Paul, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate Damon. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about Van Oker and kind of the background, what you do and, and kind of how you got, got, that, got the position. Well, Van Oker Refractories is a... Uh, uh, a company that manufactures block, patented block for Coke oven wall replacements. Um, the company has been in existence as a company, Van Oak Refractory, since 2005. Uh, the history, though, goes back almost 30 years. And uh, my history, uh, back in 2002, I began working in the Coke industry. And I was working in both Pennsylvania and New York at the time uh, when we manufactured metallurgical Coke. At that time, or I should say just prior to that, there was a point in time when uh, we owned six out of the 18 foundry coke plants in the United States. And back in 2005 time frame, we owned two of the four foundry coke plants left in the United States. And since then, um, we are not in the coke industry anymore. But we had developed on the coke side a patented way to be able to uh, better fix, quicker, better, cheaper way and better long-term sustainability uh, on all ends, including environmental. And in doing so, uh, our competitors, our co-competitors had asked us what they could do to be part of that and to how would we sell that to them. And because of that, we created the company Van Oak Refractories, which is a technology transfer of this patented uh, uh, the patents for coke oven repairs. Okay, and and so where's your markets? Where do you actually sell your your bricks, your your wall repair uh, product? Sure. So ultimately, the our, our only customers are coke plants, but um, many are integrated steel mills, and so uh, we are looking for steel or or coke merchant foundry or any whether it's foundry or uh, blast furnace coke, but um, but mostly the steel industry generally speaking and. Seventy-five percent of our business is actually outside of the U.S. Um, okay. A lot of it is Canada, um, but we also service Japan, uh, South Africa, Amsterdam, um, and right now we are looking at uh, we're we're putting a tender in for Australia, which would be nice because I've been talk about the long-term plan, uh, the game. I've been working with this company since two thousand and eight. Okay. And so we're hoping that this is 2022 is going to be where we're actually installing product in Australia. So it's not a short sales cycle with your product. <laughs> <laughs> no. In fact, it's it's not. But there's only so many customers out there. And the okay. new customers aren't coming online. In fact, it's generally just the opposite as far as potential customers. The, the charm we have is that our once once we are able to show the customers the, the value and the benefits, they're our customers forever. That's it's, it's just getting the first customer is is what's problematic because even though we've been doing this for 30 years, that is, um, quote, new technology in, in the steel market. Okay. 
Okay. So a lot of steel companies that you're working with throughout the world. How do you find that industry right now? Like what's the, what's the ups, the downs? Is there anything that's become a big hurdle for you with your sales or? That's a good question. Um, our, our mark, the, the steel market has become cyclical. Uh, and I, it, it should always have been cyclical, but there is a period of time where the steel market would just run full out, no matter what the demand was. They'd build up inventory and then they would sell uh, at a very, very cheap, cheap rate. They've wised up and started pulling furnaces off um, when, when the market started getting slow. So f- we know that there is now and going to be in the future the cyclical nature of it. Um, so we're always prepared for the downturn. Okay. And um, we've been very creative with that. Um, so, for example, last year, uh, compare, some customers were saying, and not customers, some uh, people in the industry and everywhere, you know, I'm down 20%, 30%, 50%. Well, we were down 95% in, uh, in 2020 because the pandemic was wow. scheduled to be our biggest year and was our worst. The only work we had was carryover from 2019. But in this industry, you can't hold off on repairs forever. And so we took that time to prepare for the upswing. And right. now this year is going to be probably one of our best years. Um, and we were able to prepare for it. Uh, and we knew you can only defer maintenance for so long. Right. So we do keep track of the steel industry because it is uh, most of our customers. You, if the steel, if the market gets better, steel industry gets better. Um, unfortunately, as capital projects, when things get bad, or the anticipation of things get bad, we're the first ones to get kicked out. And it's always, you know, we got to, uh, well, just like any industry, we got to sure. conserve capital. And it's it's interesting because in our business. The time to do the repairs for steel plants is when they're not busy, when they don't need the capacity. And we try to instill that in our customers. Some of them do catch on, but somebody at the top is making a different decision. So what ends up happening is maintenance is deferred. You have some ovens that really do need it at this point. You wait a year. Now you have more that need it. And all of a sudden, steel prices go up. And the main guy says, crank up the furnaces. Right. And get the coke production at 100%. And they said, well, we, we physically can't do that because uh, because the ovens aren't in service. And so because we're so good at, at on the turnaround on the on the brick, on the modules, um, we're one of the few places that can get them up and running so quickly. And, okay. and we really are a situation when it rains, it pours. And it's it's either feast or famine with us because all the, the entire business is swings at the same time, and okay. generally speaking. So... Now is a very, very good time, and, and it'll, we know it'll drop down near the end of the year, but January picks back up again. Companies get their funding, and, and they're on the phone, and it's not a question of if. It's just a question of when, when. can you get it here and what's the new price. Great, great. So, so, so internationally, you're, you're obviously dealing with a lot of different countries uh, internationally, export from the U.S. Yes. How are you finding the regulations right now? Are you getting – is it like – changes is there like what's the what's the biggest thing regulation wise that you're having to deal with right now we don't really have much problems with regulation as long as we're not uh, physically doing it in installation ourselves and and that we we've done we have done that uh, you know regulations not so much getting into the country right now because of what's going on uh, covid yeah. And then whether or not you can get into the country is whether you can see a customer. That's that's going to be problematic for all of us because we get a little blind to what's going on. We look around here and we can go to a restaurant. We can go, we can do anything. We can travel within the United States. Um, don't have to wear masks, generally speaking. Um, but in some of these countries, they'd sell their house to get the vaccine. Yeah. And and that's that's you know countries where 
we need to get back into or get to. Uh, Ukraine, Russia, uh, those are places uh, that that I need to be traveling to. Um, it's just not it's just not safe at this point. Yeah. And whether or not I can get in Australia, I can't. Well, we can't even go to Canada. Right. I right. Mean, if some of our biggest customers are in Canada, I can throw a stone over the fence, but 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 I can't I can't uh, do checks on them. I can't uh, watch installations. I can't um, make sure the quality is up to their standard physically. There, it just makes it. Uh, it it's really creating a in a business where it's important for us to maintain uh, the relationship because there's not that many customers. It's really taken a lot of that out, and it's become very yeah. uh, less formal. So do you have a lot of Zoom fatigue? I guess that's what they're calling it now. A lot of Zoom meetings where you're on and and yeah, I, you you do, and it's troublesome when when you're trying to do a RFQ meeting in Australia on a Zoom meeting, yeah. and it's you know it's five o'clock here in the morning, and it's you know you're trying to you're either just getting started or just ending, and I'm just I'm I'm tired. I just want to see people. I want to shake hands and yeah. uh, and look somebody in the eye and and, and make sure that. We're all on the same page. Definitely, definitely. So Australia, new market. Have yes, you have you sold anything there before? Is this is this the first time you're going down there? Well, it's the I, I've been. I was down there in 2008, and again in 2009, and brought a group up in 2000 and end of 2009, beginning 2010. But um, interestingly, one of the things that we ran into back then, well, the answer, the short answer to your question is we have not done any business there yet. Okay. Um, it's been a long it, with no no other no other customers down there, but on the long game here, it's it's going to be I think a, a very interesting uh, situation because there is another potential customer down there, and the problem we had twelve years ago is that you talk about maybe some interesting or different problems in the international market. This customer was didn't want to pay for something like 60 days after they received the product. Wow. So our our material is, is all made in the United States in Columbus, Ohio. It's sourced in the United States. Um, it's, it's our largest cost is the material. So we're purchasing raw material, and we'll have to pay for that material now 30 days from when we purchased it. Right. And now we get the material that's already been paid for. We're going to do all the engineering, make all the molds, make a product that is literally only for this particular battery particular customer and now we got to put it onto a ship it's going to take 40 some odd days to get there then they're going to then they, they're going to install it it'll be installed in pushing coke before we get our first payment and that was a situation that was just a non-starter for us 12 right. years ago right um now with 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 your help and and some of the people you've connected us with there are options out there that we were either too naive or it we didn't fit at the time that we can take advantage of today, XM, for example, um, we're now going back to that, and we're just a bigger company. And, and, yeah. and so we can take some more risks than we weren't able to take 12 years ago. So that's, you know, in the perfect world, we're getting paid before the product leaves the facility. Now we're being asked to not get paid until it's already been installed. installed. <laughs> and, 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 it's not, and it's not a chair that I can turn around and sell to you if this right. customer decides they don't want it. Because it's custom. It's custom. It's their, custom. Their, okay. And, and we're not talking small quantities. We're talking a project that would be a half a million pounds right. that I've got to fit into 20 containers and, and, and get all the way across the world. So 
yeah. we, we have to make sure there's some sort of guarantees. Now, do uh, trade agreements play, come into play for what markets you want to go to or open up? Is that something that you considered here was the Australia Free Trade Act? Is that something that you looked at to say, hey, because you're saying that 100% of your product is, is U.S., so it would definitely qualify for the Australia Free Trade Act. So that person obviously doesn't have to pay duties or taxes going into Australia because of the Free Trade Act. So is that something that you considered on this, or is it... To be honest, no, absolutely not. Um, the, it's we we've always kind of done business in the way where get the business and we'll figure it out. Okay. And um, and if there's any savings, we, that would be great to be able to pass along. Most, most things into Australia are imported. Yeah. Um, but our our competition is all out of China, anyways. Right. And so it's the quality is is not as never as good as as was what we were able to do and. And it's not it's just not consistent, and it's not as quickly as we can do it. Plus, you've got the uh, the long lead times, so which is this, essentially the same. Um, but once we get the business, then it's there forever. Then it's there forever. Yeah, that's fantastic, fantastic. So um, I, we're just about at the end of the the podcast here. We really appreciate you coming on. I think a lot of things for the the listeners is there's options for credit, there's options for insurance on money, uh, and those are ways that you can you can look to help with that international market for you. So just one or two takeaways for our for our listeners. One or two big points that you want to give out there that you can help them out with their international damon i do appreciate you you allowing me to have some time here um in regards to what we've maybe better better said is what we've learned um in in, in international business in general terms it, it really is not just for our business but it is the long game you have to you're you're dealing in other cultures and other countries and what we've learned quickly is one trip's not going to make a sale. Um, it's going to be multiple. It's going to be, you're going to have to gain trust. Um, the culture, importance of the differences in cultures is, I, I can't speak enough, particularly uh, our business that we did in Japan. Um, but again, once you have that business and and you get past the cultural differences, um, you, you you really become a, a, it's a partnership. It's a marriage that, that will go for a very long time. And, and that's important that the in our business, we find people not to be as honest as, um, as 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 I am, as our company is, as our people are, and that really has, uh, to a surprising degree, I've, I've seen incredible things that I just I don't understand how people can sleep at night. We 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 pride ourselves on on doing what we say and say what we mean, and that translates over, over all cultures, and and it's and it is appreciated. Um, so that would be, again, not necessarily directly for international uh, trade, but there are few and few people are doing that nowadays. And it's refreshing when you find somebody like that. And Damon, you're the type of person that says what they mean and mean what they say. Um, but it's a handshake deals are, are very, very few and far between. Um, but when you do get one and, and you fulfill it, th that will be a customer for years forever. Great, great. Well, great advice, Paul. Thank you again for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you have any questions or concerns or, you know, you thought of something you don't have an answer to on your international, please feel free to give me an email, Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E, USA.com. And, uh, Paul, if, if there's a listener out there that's in need of your service, your product, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Probably the easiest way is our website. 
vanokerllc.com, V-A-N-O-C-U-R-L-L-C.com. It's got videos. It shows our engineering capabilities, uh, shows what we're about. I should mention that uh, locally uh, we're probably the only company here that's uh, recycling uh, EPS foam. Uh, we'll do that for free. And so our molds are made out of foam. So as a, as a just something that we like to do for the community, if you have a package, a TV comes in with the foam, you don't want to dispose of that in the dumpster because it will uh, never decompose. We will um, recycle that and, and send it out to have other things made from it. So, Fantastic. That's a interested. great tip. Now I know where I'm taking all my... Uh packaging <laughs> perfect bring your car full of it <laughs> we will we will thank you again paul and uh, everybody out there have a wonderful day this has been trade secrets the podcast hosted by damon piatek president and ceo of welke customs brokers usa thank you for listening